0: UCD Students' Union has today launched a report revealing just how bad the situation with student accommodation has become. The acute shortage of beds for students who are enrolled in UCD and other colleges around the city and indeed around the country has meant really long daily commutes for some students. Well, to talk about this, I'm joined by Molly Greeno, President of UCD Students' Union, as well as by Alex Connell, who is forced to make one of these tortuous commutes. Good morning and welcome to you both. Now, Molly, we'll talk to in a moment about uh, the generality of your findings but let's get the specific from alex alex good morning good morning pat how are you i'm very well now tell us about your commute because it seems like a an endless horror story tell me where you start and how long it takes to get to the campus
1: yeah so i live in Carbury. it's in county kildare just on the border with Offaly and Meath, though. So. so you tend to say kildare and people expect somewhere a lot closer but it's much further into the midlands Um, So I leave my house every morning, usually three hours in advance. It takes me roughly two hours 15, two hours 20 from my house into the city centre. And then from there, I change bus into the city centre and get another one to UCD, which brings it to about three hours a day each way.
0: Three hours a day each way. Now, tell me about your bus service. Is it a decent bus service? Because if you've got lectures at nine, you're leaving at six. If you've got lectures, say, at half eleven, you mightn't have to leave until half eight, but maybe there ain't a bus at half eight.
1: Yeah, so the bus service, in fairness to it, is reliable enough, but it is only once every hour. So like that today, I was asked to come in for half ten, but that meant leaving at seven to be in for ten because it's only every hour on the hour.
0: Okay, now uh, the, the problem is you take a bus, it leaves Carberry, it gets to what par- part of Dublin and then how do you connect?
1: It goes straight into the city centre. So I get off a bachelor's walk and then I can either get on a bus at bachelor's walk or walk to O'Connell Street and get out from there. It depends which is coming faster.
0: Now, tell me why you're doing this. I mean, did you look for digs?
1: I'll be honest, Pat, I didn't actually have much of a look because I knew what the situation was like and I knew that somebody on my income couldn't afford it. So I have a disability that prevents me from driving and things like that, it's a physical condition. Um, And so I'm on the disability allowance. I can't work and I can't drive. So I get 220 euro per week or 880 per month, which just like anybody who hasn't been living under a rock for the past 10 years knows that there's nowhere in Dublin with that availability. I had a look the other day out of curiosity and the cheapest place you can come for maybe 600 euro a month, it's an absolute fate and it'll be leaving you with 280 a month for food, bills, medication, anything that you might need, social life even.
0: Okay, so that's not really on. Um, You mentioned that you you couldn't drive because at at the kind of... um, the time you're wasting, shall we say, in your Mm -hmm. uh, commute, if you could drive, and because of your disability, I don't know whether UCD would give you a designated parking space, but suppose they did, uh, you can't drive anyway.
1: Yeah, I can't drive anyway. And Pat, even if somebody could drive from where I'm going, the amount of money they'd be spending on petrol each week would probably be akin to what they'd be spending on rent. It's just not feasible either way.
0: Now, do you have any allowance from the transport companies for your disability? Do you have to pay a fare or reduce student fare or what?
1: So I have a free travel pass with my disability allowance and it is my saving grace because I've added it up before and part of I didn't have that. I'd be spending 50 or 60 quid a week commuting. I don't know how somebody that doesn't have the free travel would do it from where I'm living, because again, that's a quarter of your weekly income as a student, whether you're working part-time or not.
0: So it's a peculiar situation. The only way this is viable for you at all, even the six hours every day, every time you have to go into college, um, six-hour commute one way or the other, the only way it's viable for you is because you have free travel.
1: Yeah. Like, if I, was, if I was perfectly fine, I was working part-time, 20 hours a week, 200 quid, I'd then be sending half of that on my, on my commute. I don't know how people do it, to be honest with you. If I wasn't uh, with my free travel, I probably wouldn't be in college at all.
0: Now, do you manage to get any work done on the buses? Uh,
1: I, 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 there was a
0: you time know, study or reading here. or uh, is there Wi-Fi on the bus so you can actually get onto a laptop and, and work away?
1: You know, at, at the start of the year when, you know, assignments were smaller, that, that was feasible and I was doing that. But obviously, as your degree progresses, you're working on 5,000 word assignments at a time. And that's just not something that's conducive to do on a bus going through back roads in Covey, Do You know what I mean? You're losing connection. You're going over bumps. You're dropping things.
0: <laughs> it absolutely sounds like a, a nightmare. And I'm sure in winter, it's worst of all, you get up uh, hours before dawn and you come mm-hmm. home hours after sunset.
1: Of course. You're leaving at 6am and the earliest you can hope to get home is 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock at night. It's going from dark to dark and then you're sitting in a dark windowless lecture hall in UVD. You're, you're getting no sunlight at all. It's miserable.
0: Okay. Do you get Susie?
1: I got Susie in first year. Um, my parents' income increased so I won't get that in second year.
0: Oh god, Things, things get uh, more and more difficult. What course are you uh-huh.
1: pursuing, Alex? I'm doing politics and philosophy. That's true, social sciences here.
0: Very good. Well, I I hope you manage to get through this. It's a pretty tortuous journey you have to undertake every day. Uh, Maybe it's not typical, but it's certainly demonstrative of what some students have to go through. And Molly uh, Greeno, president of the UCD Students' Union, uh, is going to tell us more about the generality of the problem. Molly.
2: Thanks so much for having me on today, Pat. Um, I suppose we're delighted to be launching our accommodation report today, but really it symbolises that the accommodation crisis is an ongoing issue. It's one that student representatives have been raising with universities and government officials for over a decade. So it's frustrating to hear situations like Alex's become more and more commonplace.
0: Now, the, the, the trying to get the government to solve this problem when, you know, for colleges to build on campus accommodation, which often is very expensive anyway, by the way, um, it does take years. So initiatives like the rent a room scheme should have made life a lot easier for students because they can earn up to 14 grand a year um, renting a room. Um, why
2: is that not helping or is it helping? I suppose... Like, look, I'll be honest, we ran a digs drive ourselves at the start of the academic year, so certainly an extra room is an extra room for a student in need, but we would argue the re- the renter room relief scheme isn't going nearly far enough. For those that don't know, students or anyone living in a dig style arrangement are afforded no protections, like a normal tenant would be under um, like a normal lease agreement and they have no avenue to make complaints to the Residential Tenancies Board. So while we have seen, um, we've actually seen... Our survey demonstrates that we've seen a 7% um, increase or approximately 7.4% increase in the number of students living in digs, which is matched with about a 7.5% decrease in the number of students living in the private rental sector compared to last year. But that being said, we've also seen a significant amount of complaints of students not being able to use the kitchen facilities, students, their rent being increased with no warning, um, being evicted on last minute's notice, not being allowed to Mm. cook or use any facilities in the home.
0: There appear to be no rules around the rental room scheme. It's just a blanket uh, scheme that allows people to make money tax free. Um, but no minimum standards, no. no rules about access, no rules about your freedoms. No. You know, can you uh, bring home? You know, um, a romantic companion? Yeah, yeah, or
2: even a friend. So I'd like. Obviously, we're very appreciative of anyone that does consider renting out a room to a student under the rental room relief scheme. But we think pressure needs to be put on the government to start adding some criteria, some just baseline level things rather than kind of trumpeting it as 14 grand tax free.
0: Yeah, in fairness to landlords uh, or potential landlords, people who have an empty room in their house and they might welcome uh, a nice little earner. They might be concerned about uh, the reputation that students have, you know, for party, party, party.
2: I suppose that is a concern, but I would say, like, I understand where people are coming from, but the vast majority of students I've spoken to or met throughout my time in UCD just want a safe affordable place to rest at night Mm. not to say they won't go to coppers every now and then but I think that kind of negative stigma does really have adverse impacts on students in dig style arrangements but even when they're looking in the private rental sector it's tough to compete with working professionals and families
0: Going back in time I can recall uh, what used to happen that uh, maybe a first year would go into digs because the parents were a bit worried about Mm. uh, their uh, young folk being at large in a big city without some sort of custodial eye um, and And then after maybe the first term or the first year, they would then go into, you know, share a house with somebody. uh, And that's the way it used to evolve. And there are people, of course, at the other end, graduating all the time and leaving and going their own separate ways. You'd imagine there'd be a steady state once the student body is not expanding rapidly. The same kind of number of people arriving for accommodation would equal... The number of people leaving, Mm. freeing up accommodation, is that not happening anymore?
2: I suppose it's not and it's... It's difficult to kind of separate, I think, the student accommodation crisis from the wider housing crisis. So it is true. But I think like even when I would have been in second year and stuff, that's exactly what we did. It wasn't it was still difficult to find somewhere, but you were able to get a group of friends and find somewhere in about a month looking. But now it's when you go into the private rental sector to try to find those shared houses. It's not just students that are looking now. It's working professionals, it's families, it's pensioners. Pretty much everyone is trying to compete with practically very close to limited supplies. I
0: mean, you'd imagine that the rental room scheme would tie in very nicely with, say, Airbnb. So in the winter uh, and the exams in UCD are around May and then you're gone and then you come back in um, September, early September. So for June, a bit of May, June, July and August, you could be doing Airbnb that room uh, and then students in the winter. I mean, it could be quite a cosy arrangement. I I wonder why more people are not doing it.
2: Yeah, I suppose to be honest it's not something we'd like to see kind of continue to be kind of the crux of the solution in our view. Um we I think it is a room for a student but beyond that you go to college to kind of get a degree of independence and autonomy and it's important to push yourself out of your comfort zone and meet different people we'd argue that you aren't getting that in intake style arrangements and it's really having adverse impacts on students' mental health I suppose not to get into Airbnb but we'd argue that those are also part of the problem as well,
0: well I mean those who used to provide accommodation for students are now fully Airbnb yeah. and I can appreciate that but uh, you know the business of mental health because you're in digs. I Mm. I don't buy that. That you, you have mental health problems because you're living with a, a landlord or a landlady in digs.
2: I you know, I'd yeah. push back on that, to be honest, because we've had students coming through our door that have faced racism, have ah, faced borderline no, no, sexual a, harassment. But, so I'd no, say... No, that's
0: a different thing. That's yeah. very specific landlords or landladies who are guilty of that kind of thing, which is probably an offence in law. But yeah. I, I'm thinking about just going into digs by itself should not cause mental health problems. Do you know?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I just value going home and my like when i go home to my apartment in the evening i don't have to worry about tiptoeing around of aggravating the person who literally holds the security and kind of the key to the house metaphorically so i think i do understand why a lot of students struggle and i know i, I can health. understand
0: if it's precarious that you don't know the day nor the hour when they'll say sorry yeah. you're out yeah
2: and that's every form of digs so any student entering a dig style arrangement is already entering kind of with that baseline level of precarity. So I would mm. argue that would lead to quite adverse impacts on Are until. we
0: becoming maybe too, too uh, you know, regulated and organised? It, it used to be a very informal thing. You know, mm. you heard about Mr. or Mrs. O'Brien who ran a nice home and they used to keep students. Is yeah. that kind of grapevine gone completely?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I think it's probably... It's probably a change in kind of the demographic of students that are living in digs. It could be a change in the the number of students that are living in digs. And I also think the kind of the days are gone where you'd a lot of students want to stay in Dublin for the seven weeks, whether they have social commitments, work commitments over the weekend. So I think the kind of days are long gone of coming up on a Sunday evening and then going home on the Thursday back to. That, yeah, they they want to enjoy
0: all the capital has to offer. Yeah, absolutely. Which is uh, largely on the weekend. So have you any solutions to the accommodation crisis?
2: Oh, geez, I'd, I'd <laughs> be doing well if I could solve it all right now. I suppose we've kind of broken it down into short term and medium to long term, in our view, in the short term, the government could do a lot to start looking at other economic factors that are impacting students. Our survey found that um, over two thirds of UCD students are paying over €750 euro a month for rent. So we would argue that other areas that could be looked at um, in the short term would be the student contribution charge, yeah. we'd push for the complete abolition of it, as well as having a serious look at the SUSE grants, because the maximum SUSE maintenance grant now, you wouldn't even be able to afford one months of accommodation in UCD. So to put it in perspective, I don't think Susie Grants have kept up with the cost of living yeah. um, and there, inflation. There, there is
0: an issue though um, and I would think it would be wonderful if they did uh, uh, abolish the student registration mm. fee but landlords would just suck it up because there's there's a mm. shortage of accommodation. They just say, ah, they have more money in their pockets. We would yeah. charge them more. Isn't that what would happen?
2: Yeah, I suppose then we could get into <laughs> <laughs> highly regulating the landlords and stuff. But I guess in the long term, we'd like to see um, the National Student Accommodation Strategy scrapped and replaced and affordability put as a core criteria yeah. for that.
0: Finally, Molly, is your report available online?
2: It'll be available online today after our launch at 11am. Our website is ucdsu.ie.
0: UCD SU Molly Greeno, president of UCD Students Union. Uh, thank you very much for uh, joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance weekdays at nine a.m. on News Talk.